Before I get into the program, let me uh, open this up in a word of prayer. So if you would, please join me in prayer. Our Father, I, uh, you are Jehovah Jireh, the great provider. Father, we, uh, you have provided for us throughout this um, crisis, throughout this pandemic, in, in ways that we are still discovering. Father, you are providing protection. You are providing uh, sustenance. You are uh, providing hope. Um, you are meeting our needs. And when we can't meet our own needs, you are providing others to do so. And for that, we are um, grateful and we praise your name. Father, I am um, personally grateful to just the untiring and, and the exhaustive work of our faculty, our teachers who are working many, many hours of overtime to ensure that their children or uh, their, their students, uh, our parents' children, are receiving the best education possible under the circumstances. And so, Father, I would ask that you bless them, that you would give them rest this weekend, that you would reinvigorate them, that you would um, give them uh, a hope and uh, a sense of purpose as we uh, look to the next six weeks uh, of our school year. Father, I also ask that you bless our families, our parents who are exhausted themselves, who are uh, taking on multiple roles now, who are working from home, who are uh, monitoring their child's online education. Father, it's, um, uh, I, I know you have many blessings in store for them, but also ask that you give them rest. You give them peace. You give them hope. And so I lift them up to you at this time. Father, I just ask uh, your blessing upon it on this virtual town hall meeting. I thank you for the technology that we enjoy, the opportunity that we can connect, even if it is virtually, it's still important, Father, that we connect. And, and uh, you made us to be social creatures, and I'm thankful that we have the technology to continue to do so. Father, I ask that all that we say and do uh, for the next hour would be to your honor and glory, and it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Okay, um, I, I thought uh, I would start our meeting today with just a comment about the governor's uh, executive order. Um, I was actually watching his press conference uh, live this uh, this afternoon. It, it started at noon, and it and I happened to look at my watch at twelve seventeen. He made the announcement that all public and private school schools would be closed for the remainder of the school year. And I'll tell you, I, I received that news with um, mixed emotions. Uh, certainly, I was bummed and a little um, disappointed in that we will not be able to convene in person for the remainder of the school year. That certainly is, is a reason to be sad. But also, I would say I'm also relieved because I know at least now we can plan accordingly. Uh, one of the most frustrating um, things for those of us in school, uh, and if you see my screen went dark, that's uh, an energy-saving thing in my office. So uh, if, you, if I raise my hand, I'm just trying to get the lights to come back on. So anyway, uh, live TV here, folks. Um, but 
I, I'm somewhat relieved at least that we know uh, the path forward and that we know that uh, we have to um, plan for the rest of the school year. Although we were planning, uh, one of our contingency plans was just uh, this scenario where we could not reconvene in person. So at least we know the pathway and we can plan accordingly. So, so in that uh, matter, I'm, I am relieved. Um, you know, without seeing the details of when we might uh, open back up, um, I, I at least am hopeful after um, uh, watching President Trump's news conference uh, yesterday afternoon, he laid out a plan, a three-phase plan for the reopening of our country our, or our country's economy. I am um, encouraged because it does provide a framework for us to follow. And so I do want to commend the president and uh, his uh, task force uh, for providing these guidelines. And it does give me a, a, a sense of there is light at the end of the tunnel now. I think there is a pathway now for us to uh, be able to reconvene in August. And if we meet the uh, certain uh, guidelines that uh, are uh, laid out uh, very uh, clearly, uh, it, it, it looks hopeful that we will be back uh, on campus uh, starting in August. So we'll answer a few more questions regarding next year in the coming minutes, but I did want to uh, uh, comment on the governor's executive order and uh, uh, we'll just move forward. So um, I, I wanna announce the, uh, a very important uh, online uh, event coming up uh, uh, next Wednesday, April 22nd. We are having our first virtual open house. Now, this is why it's, it's so important that we uh, both host this event and that we have your help, parents, in um, uh, encouraging uh, families, uh, mission-appropriate families, to attend and, and find out uh, more about our school and whether or not this would be a good fit for their family. Um, it, it is, we expect, and, and experts are now predicting that schools on average, private schools will lose 10 to 20% of their enrollment. Um, and it's primarily not through attrition of their own families, but just lack of new students. You know, right now during a crisis, uh, during the time that, we're, that we find ourselves in, not many people are thinking about uh, private education. Uh, they're just trying to survive and they're just trying to get through this school year. Uh, perhaps we'll see an uptick in uh, inquiries uh, later this uh, summer, but we do expect and, and are experiencing currently a, um, a slowdown in admissions inquiries. Now, some of you might be saying or thinking, hey, that's great. I'd, I'd love to have a smaller school. Well, here's, here's the, um, uh, the uh, deficiency in that thinking. Smaller schools, while uh, they sound nice, also put more strain on the resources of the schools. And, um, and, and, it's, and it's really, I know some families uh, or parents have expressed, well, I want, I want smaller numbers in my classroom. Well, one way to ensure smaller numbers is to grow. And because once we hit our maximum enrollment that is established by uh, board policy, uh, we need a few more students so that we can create another section, which then lowers the student-teacher ratio 
um, for everyone. So for example, uh, this past year, uh, we were able to add a fourth section to third grade when we enrolled five new students. Once we got those students enrolled, we were able to uh, add uh, or hire a teacher, add that section, and everyone uh, enjoyed a smaller classroom. So really you do need uh, to help us uh, get the word out about legacy. It's in your financial best interest if you'll help us recruit families. And um, we're really excited about the open house that uh, we have actually two of them. One uh, is next Wednesday for uh, uh, anyone. And then there's a specific kindergarten roundup scheduled for the following uh, Wednesday, April 29th. So parents, I would ask that you help us get that word out, use social media, uh, use your contact list uh, to let people know if you know some families who would be a great fit, who, uh, uh, who meet our admissions requirements, who are Christian families who would be an asset to our school, please uh, encourage them to attend our virtual open house. Next, I wanna comment on our tuition assistance fund. Um, you know, for the last few weeks, we have uh, encouraged any family uh, who is being financially impacted by this pandemic to pursue tuition assistance if um, the enrollment of their children uh, might be at risk. And uh, thankfully, uh, a number of you have. In fact, uh, I'd like to share a few uh, statistics with you. Um, as of uh, yesterday, we have 14 students who have applied for aid and have been awarded aid um, uh, since uh, the uh, outset of the pandemic. In other words, we had already made our tuition assistance awards for next year, and now we have 14 new students who are receiving uh, uh, additional help and five are in process. So to just give you a little bit of uh, a, a context, uh, pre-pandemic, we had 75 students who were awarded uh, financial aid, which represented about 8.3% of our student body. Today, we have 89 students receiving aid, which is about 9.8%. Um, and those uh, additional students were awarded $130,000 in tuition assistance. So to date, we have uh, awarded over $760,000 in financial aid. Um, that represents about $200,000 more than we had awarded this time last year. Um, we do expect this number to increase. In fact, I would expect and, and would predict that we might award over a million dollars in needs-based tuition assistance next year. So uh, please, parents, uh, before you make a decision to withdraw your child because you simply uh, feel like you can't afford it or your financial uh, situation is too, uh, uh, too volatile, uh, please give our tuition assistance fund a chance. The other uh, uh, option you have as well is, is uh, reaching out to Sherry Mosley uh, and talking to her about deferring your tuition, your monthly payments. Uh, we've had at least 10 families who were granted a deferral. So uh, on the screen, you see the steps that are necessary for you to apply for tuition assistance. So uh, parents, please 
uh, please allow us the blessing of helping your family if you need it. Um, and, and related to that, I want to announce uh, today a, uh, a special uh, appeal for those families who are able to help other families. Uh, we are announcing today that our annual fund now is, is, is going to be called for right now, the Stronger Together Fund, all right? And the Stronger Together Fund, all giving, as we announced uh, about three weeks ago, all giving from this point forward is going to go to tuition assistance and benevolence. These are, this will give us the um, ability to help more and more families as they are financially impacted by this uh, pandemic. Um, to date, we've already, since that announcement, we've already received $40,000 uh, in giving. So thank you to those who have already uh, answered the call. Um, just to let you know, our board of trustees has stepped up in a big way. Uh, they have given uh, cumulatively $441,000 to our annual fund this year. And so that money's going, obviously going into our uh, uh, tuition assistance fund as well. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, we've awarded over $760,000 in tuition assistance, and we expect that number to climb. So what we've raised so far is not going to be enough to uh, cover our need. So I would ask that you uh, consider uh, giving if you're able to. If you're in a situation where this pandemic really doesn't create a financial hardship for you and you have a strong desire to help our, uh, your fellow uh, families who are uh, struggling uh, and who may be faced with the prospect of withdrawing their children, please consider giving to our, uh, to our Stronger Together Fund. The scripture that we're using to uh, support this is actually 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is a, um, the, uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthian church commending the Macedonian churches for their um, uh, gracious giving to the needs of other churches. And I, I want to read just a, a couple of verses out of that chapter so that, uh, uh, so that you might be encouraged. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, verse 12, uh, Paul writes, for if the willingness is there, the gift is accept acceptable according to what one has, not according to what he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard-pressed, but that there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn, their plenty will supply what you need. And so I think that's great, uh, uh, great counsel, great wisdom from the Apostle Paul uh, as to how the body of Christ meets the needs of others. And so I think a, a very tangible way to do that is to uh, give to the Stronger uh, Together Fund. Um, I believe that's it. So I'm going to turn, turn it over now to our uh, wonderful uh, Parent-Teacher Fellowship uh, President, uh, uh, Karen Proctor, who is going to uh, share a few words about what the PTF has been up to uh, these last few weeks and what uh, they have planned for the future. So Karen, take it away. Great. Thank you, Bill. I'm just honored at the invitation to get to speak to our LCA community. So hello to you all out there. I'm um, 
just sending you my heartfelt um, love through this Zoom invitation. Um, a special thank you to the teachers that are out there listening, to the specials teachers that are out there, and the staff for all you're doing behind the scenes for your late hours. Thank you for providing distance learning and not homeschool for my family. It really has mirrored our school year for our third grader, our sixth grader, and our eighth grader. And I'm truly, truly thankful. So really appreciate it and I encourage you. I know it's been hard, but thank you. Um, let's discuss parent-teacher fellowship. As most of you are aware, and I've shared throughout the year, parent-teacher fellowship at Legacy is everyone. It's not a meeting, a membership, or a dues. And our mission, to build community and to help you grow. I'm sure you've heard me talk that I've been passionate that Legacy is a place that not only do the students get to grow, but the parents do as well. So with that in mind, um, yes, we still have current initiatives. My team and I have been meeting and um, helping to rebuild our events, virtually speaking. Um, so ways you can grow. We've had our Women's Ministry Eagle Mama event a couple weeks ago. We had 94 attend, and um, I think that ministered to a lot of our hearts. We will do another one in May, so watch your inboxes for more on that. And gentlemen, not to leave you out, we have an invitation for you. Leadership Lunch, save the date, Thursday, April 30th from 12 o'clock to 12.50. You will get to hear from Coach Johnson, LCA Dad Brett Cole, and Coach Scott Smith. Be ready, it'll be a good one. And one you can share with friends and neighbors too. And we can minister to others during this time. Ways to serve or participate, watch your inbox. We are rolling out um, soon. I love our seniors week. We want to just extend um, the love and, and how proud we are of our seniors. So watch for a way to, to join together in our legacy community. And this will be modeled after our Teacher Appreciation Week. So thank you to my Teacher Appreciation team that have helped me put it together. Um, staff lunches, we, as we discussed, kind of grew out of a former town hall meeting. There's a sign up genius that will be in your inbox um, to provide lunches to the the staff that's currently up at school, the essential staff that is there um, just to support and encourage. Parent-Teacher Fellowship is developing a business directory, which will allow you to shop LCA during this time and support one another. This will be for all LCA-owned and operated businesses, and this will be provided through our website. It'll be a two-step process, so watch first for um, the information to fill out the form on your business, and then we will then distribute it through the website to use it as a reference and as an ongoing project. Laps for Love, yes, we will continue with Laps. It'll be an opportunity virtually um, to join together, physical fitness for the entire family. So watch for more details on that. That also will be in May. And this is the month. Traditionally, we've always recruited for room parents and grade coordinators for next year. So please prayerfully consider, and there's a link on the website under Parent Teacher Fellowship, as well as an email link um, that you'll be receiving in your inbox, probably today or tomorrow. Um, teacher appreciation, I would just encourage the um, Creative Blessings form to send handwritten notes to your teachers and to encourage um, teachers, staff, and those special teachers. And, um, and pray. We have a virtual prayer team in place that has been um, 
in place for the last couple of years. So um, if you have any prayer requests, please submit that to prayer at legacyca.com. That will be prayed for by a confidential prayer team. Um, and that also prays through that. We have over 150 prayer warriors and that prays for every single student and their family by name in prayer during that prayer warriors personal prayer time, as well as every teacher and every staff member at Legacy. So we really are covered in prayer. And for that, I'm so thankful to Sandy Brandon for leading that. Um, that concludes our list. If there's anything on your heart, if there's anything you need, if there's a way you'd like to get involved, please email etf at legacyca.com. I would love to listen. I'd love to help connect you in any way. So thank you again for your time today and for participating. Um, I feel that it just brings our community closer together. So with that, I would like to introduce our next speaker, our Chief Academic Officer, Daniel Townsley. Thank you, Daniel. Well, thank you, Karen. And thank you, PTF, for all the numerous ways you serve our school community. Parents, we are so very grateful for your partnership and support during this time. I cannot be more humbled and impressed with how quickly our school community has transitioned to a distance learning platform in so short a time and given the unprecedented challenges and times we are walking through. Our goal from the beginning has been to continue to fulfill our mission while migrating to new platforms and opportunities in teaching and learning. The supportive and encouraging emails, consistent and valuable feedback through surveys, as well as your patience and flexibility as we navigate the same challenges schools at every level across the country are facing has been an asset for our executive leadership team as well as our faculty and our staff. I'm most grateful for the organizational structure that has been strategically enhanced and developed over the last three years that has better positioned us to respond to this crisis. Soon after Bill McGee began his role as our third head of school, he began to establish leadership positions as well as a new organized area of our school called Student Services, which has been invaluable in supporting administration, teachers, and families through the challenges we have faced. Many of the resources and tools that have recently been implemented were already strategic areas that were being evaluated and considered to enhance learning on site. However, the timetable has been drastically accelerated. We're all growing through these times together and I'm grateful for our faculty and staff as well as for you, our wonderful families who have given and continue to give us the margin and understanding to pivot and adjust as we work through a new learning distance program almost overnight and without the ability to even meet regularly in person as a faculty and staff to design and problem solve together. Not only has instruction moved to a distance learning platform, but so has support, professional development, as well as collaboration. However, there are hidden blessings in what we are learning and adjusting to in order to best fulfill our mission to prepare students for college and beyond. These are areas that will continue to be pursued and enhanced as we move forward, finishing out this school year strong and in preparation for the start of next school year. There are six primary areas where I believe legacy has grown and continues to grow through this distance learning experience. First, curriculum streamlining with an increasing focus on depth over breadth. Given instructional challenges that exist in such a sudden transition to distance learning, there's been an ongoing discussion school-wide regarding what is most essential 
in our curriculum and academic standards for students to master. Even colleges are reevaluating their own curriculum and programs. What I have found most fascinating during this time has been the changes the College Board has made to the AP exams this year. The AP exam is changing from a school administered three to four hour exam to an at home, open book, open note, 45 minute exam. What is most revelatory to me is that the section that was quote cut from the AP exams were the dozens of multiple choice questions. Instead, the entire weight of the test will be focused on a student's ability to write in relation to free response questions. These require critical thinking, application, and synthesis, as opposed to content knowledge that can be found in textbooks or online. Second, personalization has increased as well as individual feedback. Distance learning is allowing for more opportunities to better individualize learning for our students. Our faculty has risen to the great challenge of supporting students in new and ever-increasing creative ways. Whether it's calling students individually at home to check on them and their progress in lower school or hosting small groups for students in the upper school tutorial groups, our faculty continue to work tireless, tirelessly to connect with your families and make themselves available to support student learning. A third blessing, differentiation and engagement. Students are having more opportunities to demonstrate content and skill mastery in diverse ways that align with their passions and strengths. We are advancing student learning and engagement as students are using many different modalities and tools to demonstrate learning and mastery. We are experiencing the same learning. We are experiencing that learning does not have to be limited by time and space. Fourth, increasing integration and comfort with technology. Faculty at all levels, as well as students and families, are having to accelerate their embrace of technology and resources that can enhance, diversify, individualize, and strengthen learning. A higher comfort level with technology is fast occurring as more traditional mediums of learning and connecting have been disrupted. Fifth, increased collaboration school-wide. Collaboration continues to increase among our faculty and staff as we regularly convene and discuss how to improve distance learning program and instruction and impact your children for their growth and development. There's been an explosion of webinars and online professional development opportunities that faculty and staff are participating in on a regular basis to serve your children and deepen learning in a distance learning context. And lastly, a sixth blessing is why I term the value of the real. In a typical academic calendar, there are natural ebbs and flows that students and faculty experience. Usually by the time the school year begins coming to a close in late April and May, students are dreaming about the upcoming summer break and summeritis begins to set in. What I find fascinating about this time is how the opposite is being experienced. We're all wanting to return to the physical school, the relationships, discipleship, friendships, and mentorships that have been established all year and over many years. We are being reminded of the value of the personal and social aspects to education between students, teachers, and entire school community. We will all value more of the opportunity in the future to meet face-to-face -face as a school community. Personalization, depth, engagement, integration, collaboration, and gratitude are all key blessings that have impacted our academic program through distance learning and which we will continue to have as key values and goals as we deepen for the remainder of the school year and carry forward into the next school year and beyond. I would like now to introduce you to three key leaders that support principals, faculty, and our academic program in various capacities for each of our divisions. 
Courtney Jennings and Megan Hanna are senior directors of academics, and Holly Hammond is the director of our Legacy Learning Center. They each work tirelessly behind the scenes to resource, innovate, and strengthen our academic program for the entire school. Their professionalism, expertise, dedication, and partnership with faculty and staff has been invaluable in helping us transition to distance learning. Courtney Jennings. Thank you, Daniel. First, I wanna say thank you, parents. I am in the same boat with you with a middle schooler, two middle schoolers at home, a seventh grader and a fifth grader uh, learning at home. And I wanna thank you for taking on the role of the side-by-side -side guide on the side teacher that you are doing with your own personal children. But what I want most for you to know is that we truly miss your children. They are a bright spot during the day when the teachers are able to see the students on the screens, but we wholeheartedly miss seeing them in person. Gratefulness does not begin to express my heart when it comes to our lower school and middle school teachers. Grateful that they're your child's teacher. Grateful for the opportunity to serve with them as they work so diligently to serve your families. And appreciative of the openness and flexibility they demonstrate on a daily basis to be intentional for your children. Their heart and their spirit of passion is heard and seen when I meet with them. LCA teachers love the students deeply. In the last weeks, I've had the opportunity to see God's hidden blessings and favor across our lower school and middle school. The primary blessing I have seen in lower school is the use of technology. Teachers and students have embraced for instruction. This has been the most transformative. The use of the Seesaw platform for lower school has provided a way for teachers to remain connected to your children. And teachers have absolutely loved giving personalized real-time feedback to your children on their schoolwork. Teachers and I have also enjoyed reviewing student work and seeing their creativity explored. And there is nothing as sweet as their face and voices on video and audio. Students are having choice in the way that they show their learning in creating book trailers for book reviews and video responses to see their own character shine. This type of work takes intentional thought, planning and execution. And at the heart of it all is the continued Bible study, devotions and prayer with students through morning meetings, Padlets, Flipgrids, to share favorites in Friday class meetings, to continue to feel God's favor each and every day. In middle school, the blessings I've seen teachers are deepening their level of knowledge in their current subjects that they teach your children. The use of Google Classroom in fifth and sixth grade and Schoology in seventh and eighth grade gives teachers opportunities to truly refine the essential outcomes, the student assessment and students approach to mastery learning. The level of discussion and collaborative practices middle school teachers are able to be a part of is invaluable at these times. Connections are all what we are created to form. Relationships, one of the key qualities that makes legacy, legacy. Relationships still continue when we aren't in the physical building each day. I have seen lessons within these platforms that have given students a spark to awaken their imagination. Students are creating commercials in science 
having choice and presentation in history, evaluating what courage means to them in Bible class, and creating their own business while learning math. Our middle school teachers are inviting learning to really be thought about in a way that affirms these skills beyond the classroom. I could have gone on forever about the wonderful things happening in our virtual classrooms. And as we continue this journey, teachers continuously looking for more ways to connect with your child. I thank you parents for your grace, your support, your prayers each and every day for our amazing teachers in lower school and middle school and all that you are doing at home for your child's learning. Let me introduce Megan Hanna. Thank you, Courtney. Um, I second all those things. There's been an amazing growth for our teachers and students in the world of this virtual academics. Um, while I know we face some challenges here and there in the distance learning rollout, I'm beyond pr proud of how our teachers and students have worked through the process with positivity and willingness to try new things. Learning is definitely continuing. Um, in all classes, even our, our college credit offerings through John Brown, Letourneau, and AP are progressing to ensure students have the opportunity to earn the college credit hours as usual. But the real story here is that we have amazing teachers and there is some impressive intentionality to the learning and educational process right now. They've all gone above and beyond to make sure there are authentic ways to learn and engage with the curriculum despite not being in the classroom. Just a few ways that this has happened um, is we've seen some really interesting opportunities for connection even when we can't be in the same room. The exposure to online video conferencing through Google Meet has provided a great tool for classes, but also for families and friends and advisories, which is one of my favorite times of the week, and even study groups to stay in touch. Um, one of our teachers even assigned a great interview process for their grandparents about their experience with World War II. And, and while this isn't necessarily a new assignment for their class, um, given our situation, they encouraged an amazing opportunity for students to connect with loved ones that they may not have the opportunity to see right now. And in, in a normal 15-minute interview turned into hours of conversation, stories, and life lessons. Um, this is, there's a million stories I could tell you, but, but that's just one example. Teacher collaboration is at an all-time high, and that's one of my favorite things right now to see. While it's definitely not new for our teachers, it's been impressive to see how many teachers are branching out even further to connect with other teacher experts in our school on new technology tools, teaching methods, and more. We're all growing each day, myself included, trying new things and working hard to make sure our students have the same outstanding learning experience that they would have in the classroom normally. Students are getting exposure to new tools like developing websites for content projects that can also provide digital portfolio and resume options for the future. Um, virtual presentation models, the list could go on forever. As always, in the upper school, communication is key. We encourage students to stay up to date on Schoology updates for their class and check email often. If there are any questions, please reach out to your teacher. They're here to help, um, and so are we. While we are uh, all getting a little more in the rhythm of how each week is working, um, I hope you're as encouraged as I am by the teaching and learning that's happening in our upper school. Um, this is on all fronts. And we are committed to the continual growth, evaluation, implementation of the most effective teaching methods for each class for your student. I'm proud of our academic team and very thankful for the hidden blessings in this unique time. We love your students and, and thank you for the partnership in working with us as we continue education in this, this model. At this time, I'd like to offer this over to our fabulous Learning Center Director, Holly Hammond. 
Thank you, Megan. I would like to introduce you to the LLC. For those of you that don't know, the LLC stands for the Legacy Learning Center. We serve over 170 students who've been diagnosed with a learning difference or ADHD. The LLC supports students within our curriculum in order to maximize their success. We do have a program in each of our divisions, a lower school, middle school, and upper school. And in addition, we have a dyslexia program with a cult certified therapist who provides dyslexia therapy and diagnostic services that we provide reevaluations for those needing it, as well as an admissions testing. I would love to give you a very brief glimpse of distance learning through the lens of the Learning Center. We have gone over Seesaw students' accounts. We have retaught concepts on virtual whiteboards. We provided dyslexia practice lessons to maintain the skills that have already been taught. We've conferenced with ADHD students on a virtual organizational plan tailored specifically for them. We've developed schedules and systems for those that are struggling to navigate the distance learning platform. We have encouraged and encouraged and encouraged students to rise to the occasion. We continue to monitor that accommodations are being provided, as well as coaching students on how to provide their own accommodations at home. We continue our ACT, SAT accommodation requests and our diagnostic reevaluations. I've been asked to talk about our hidden blessings that we've seen this time through distance learning. And teachers and Learning Center have been collaborating more than ever. I've heard that as a constant theme through what we are all talking about. But we're meeting, we're talking through class ideas and presentations. We're talking about how to best meet student needs and accommodate for their different styles. Students are also learning how to self-advocate. I have made it my professional goal to visit two college accommodation centers a year. The number one thing that the colleges tell me, they want students how, to know how to be their own self-advocate. Distance learning has absolutely provided that opportunity. When students haven't understood, they have had to reach out for clarification to teachers and um, on concepts. Students are also, just really taking ownership of their learning. They're learning how to put in place their own accommodations. They rewatch posted lessons. They spend extra time on their assignments. They place very needed focus boundaries on themselves. In addition, they're really learning how, discovering how that they learn best. Do I need to hear things? Do I need to see them? Do I need to move constantly when I work and learn? All of these are super valuable uh, information to discover as a learner. And these hidden blessings fit in beautifully with our mission of preparing students for college and beyond. The Learning Center is continuing to plan for the next school year and providing all the same valuable services. And as always, if you have any questions or concerns about your child, please do reach out to us because we are here to help and serve. Shannon, back to you. Awesome, thank you so much, Holly. Appreciate um, you and everyone that we just heard from. Wonderful presentations. Um, well, now we, we're going to move to the fun part. So we're going to open up our chat for Q&A. There's been quite a bit of activity there so far. So I think Adam probably has some questions ready to go. Um, so Adam, I will turn things over to you to serve as our moderator. Great. Thank you, Shannon. Uh, Kevin, the first question is for you. It seems like this has been uh, the first question every week, I think, and I know it's something that your team continues to work on. Are there any updates or plans you can share surrounding graduation or prom, and do we have or need alternative locations? 
Yes, that is a very popular question. I, I don't hardly walk out of the house or get on my computer that it's not there. And it is a high priority for us. Uh, Mr. McGee and I are touching base quite often. I, I wanna repeat what he and I have shared early to our seniors. And as we, we are prioritizing an in-person graduation, that is, our, that is our goal. We're trying to figure out how to do that. We're constantly looking at shifting things like today. I know the TEA is supposed to come out very soon, kind of tailing off of the governor, the Texas Education Association, to provide um, some guidance with regard to schools and graduation. So it's an ever-changing situation. We, we have multiple contingency plans. Those include indoor, outdoor, staggered, all at one time, uh, multiple different times of the summer or when what's the earliest we can gather. What are weather alternate um, plans that would have to be put in place if it's outdoor? These are all things that we're trying to mitigate in a very fluid situation. So. We, we have a commitment to share with you as soon as we can, anything that's, that is permanent um, or that we can share that you can begin to schedule on. Just at this time, it's so fluid, we're not able to. Just understand the priorities there. Um, we are about to send a survey out to our senior families. Um, I'm, I'm working on preparing that now, I was waiting to hear from the governor's announcement today. So early next week, we'll be surveying some senior parents with some potential um, avenues and getting some feedback. That's very important for us as well. Um, regarding prom, that will be something that's on the survey. Um, <clears throat> some, I, I, we'll just hear from our students primarily. I'm going to really rely on our students on kind of where they see that in prioritization ver versus other things. Potentially maybe all in a, in a same type of weekend. That may be too much. They may rather do a, a gathering of some type or something unique and different. I know they're going to want to get together in some way and form and that's what we're really trying to accommodate. So I hope that helped answer that question. Okay, uh, Daniel, our next question is, is coming your way. Um, can you talk a little bit about what is the goal amount of schoolwork per day for our students, uh, kind of according to grade level, and maybe talk about if that's going to remain the same for the rest of the school year now that we know we're in uh, a distance learning until school is out? Well, thank you, Adam, for that, for that great question. Uh, we purposely did not rush to establish specific goals when we launched our distance learning platform. Um, our mission is to offer challenging academics and we did not want to prematurely limit our ability to maintain that mission in distance learning. Subsequently, with the numerous surveys and the discussions that have occurred, um, we've been evaluating um, our families and our students to see um, what our community is able to support as well as our, our faculty and staff. We've been in a constant growth and evaluation of this very question in terms of balancing academic preparation along with the challenge and growth opportunities distance learning provides. As our community has understood technology tools and the students are becoming accustomed to it, their bandwidth is increasing as well. So now that the decision's been made, we will prioritize visiting that next, that next week to determine um, for each division what that might look like in terms of, of grading uh, protocols, finishing out the school year in a distance learning mode, um, and what best practice will be there. Um, so I'll be on our, on our list next week to, to determine and to, and to share with families. Great, thank you. Uh, another question for you, Daniel, we'll, we'll stay with you. Um, sorry, I lost my place in the chat here. Will there be any changes to grading policies? And, and if so, will that affect GPA? Similarly, we're gonna be evaluating that next week now the decision has been, been finalized. 
by the governor. Uh, so we did not want to early um, affect grades, affect GPA. We want to be very thoughtful about it, um, roll out distance learning and work through the challenges. Um, primarily with, with grading, we've been uh, more flexible and given grace for students completing their work, but all of that will be rediscussed and, and evaluated with the principals, the academic leaders, and uh, the, the faculty uh, to determine what's best as we finish out in distance learning. So in light of homework loads, in light of expectations, and in light of, of grading, we'll be evaluating that and communicating uh, those decisions um, now that we know we'll be finishing in this, in this mode of learning. Very good, thank you, Daniel. Mr. McGee, we're going to uh, come your way with a few questions here. Uh, the first one, or the first two are kind of tied together. Now that we are in a distance learning model for the remainder of the year, will the last day remain the same? And just as you look ahead, will the start of the school year, uh, school date remain the same for next year? Uh, the answer to the first question is yes. We are going to continue the current academic calendar. So the last day of uh, classes for um, all those students below grade 12 will be uh, May the 22nd. Of course, the seniors finish earlier uh, because they, their uh, schedule or their calendar uh, had them graduating on May the 15th. It will not, graduation will not happen on May the 15th, but we hope uh, very soon afterwards. So, um, but as we look forward to next school year, our current plan is to open the school year uh, uh, as usual. And of course, you know, we don't know what the pandemic situation will be by then. So, you know, predicting what that will be is like predicting the stock market. We don't know whether it's going to be up or down. And so I think uh, we have to be flexible, but right now, and I'm still very hopeful uh, that there's a pathway for us to open school on time next year and follow our regular academic calendar that we've already published. So I think parents, it's, it would be best for you to assume that that's the case until you learn otherwise. But of course, please understand that some of those decisions are out of our hand. So I could tell you one thing and the governor or the county uh, or Denton County could uh, change all that. So, so please understand there's many things about this pandemic that are beyond our control and many decisions that affect us that we have no say in. So for right now, I think it's safe to assume we'll end school on time, we'll begin the school year next year on time, um, but, at, but we'll know more as we get into the summer. I really believe by the first part of June, we'll get a sense of where we are um, it, regarding the infection rate and what that long-term uh, trend is going to be, and that will then help us uh, uh, plan accordingly. Great. So, so you kind of answered this, but I want to give you a chance to speak to it directly. Is it true that we might have to do distance learning again in the fall? Yeah, I, I think we have to be prepared to do that. Uh, again, you know, there's all kinds of pr uh, projections about, you know, is this going to be a V, it's going to be a W or a U? I mean, you know, uh, you know when, will the, uh, uh, when will the infection spike again? And uh, obviously no one knows that answer. And there is not one educator today anywhere who can tell you for sure whether we will 
have to close the campus sometime during next school year. But what I can tell you is all educators are considering that possibility. Um, hopefully and prayerfully, it won't happen that we will get through next school year without any interruption in our on-campus uh, learning. But we also have to have that plan uh, that uh, you know, the governor, the, the county may put us in a shelter in place again. If that happens, the one uh, silver lining is we have practice at it. We have, we're going to be much better prepared if we have to go uh, into a temporary uh, shelter in place situation. So I'm confident at least moving forward that if, if we end up having to close campus for any length of time, our uh, teachers will be able to pivot very quickly. Great. Thank you. Um, one of the questions that we've seen come up uh, routinely, and I know it's been uh, brought up to our PTF on a couple of occasions, but is it possible to do a drive-through parade, community parade at, uh, at LCA on the, the physical campus? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, and my answer to that is not now, but perhaps later. Uh, and because we're still under a shelter in place uh, order from Denton County. So we're only essential personnel are allowed on our campus currently. Now with the governor's announcement, um, uh, I expect that Denton County will follow up with maybe a, a, a different uh, or a change in their, uh, their executive order. And so we may uh, see that, uh, I do know the governor has said that school personnel, teachers, can return to campus uh, to do inst actual instruction virtually, okay? So in other words, they can go back to their classrooms and teach uh, online from their classrooms. Uh, but uh, again, we're under two jurisdictions. We're under the state of Texas and as well as Denton County. And for right this moment, Denton County says we cannot have any large gathering on campus. Only essential personnel is allowed to be on campus. That is likely to change. I anticipate that perhaps in May, um, we'll, giving, we'll be given much more flexibility and much more freedom to possibly have uh, a drive-by parade. I think that's a terrific idea. I'd love to see that happen, but I can't tell you when uh, we'll get the green light for that. Very good. Thank you, Mr. McGee. Uh, Ms. McCollum, we're gonna come your way. We've had a couple people ask about locker cleanout. Uh, I know that kind of spans divisions, but I think the parents have been asking are, are primarily lower schools. So do we have any, uh, any plans yet, or can you maybe allude to when we might see some communication on when kids can come pick up their stuff? Yes, um, today, since we heard from Governor Abbott that school has been canceled for the remainder of the year, or at least school on campus, um, I will work on a plan for students to come and clean out their lockers in the third and fourth grade hallway. So be looking for some more communication from me and um, we'll probably do a sign up uh, just like we did the first time around for uh, you to come and retrieve your child's thing. Very good, thank you, Tiffany, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I have to say I was struck uh, this idea of a community parade. I never thought I would see us as parents. I include myself in that excited to do uh, what is essentially car lines, but uh, hopefully we can do that someday soon. Uh, Mr. McGee, we're going to throw it back to you with another question. 
Um, has any consideration been given to tuition revision for next year, given the possibility of ongoing distance learning? Well, uh, I'll repeat what uh, uh, we reported a, a couple of sessions ago, and that is the board is very measured in making blanket decisions with incomplete information. So uh, to answer the question, yes, are we considering different models depending on where we are? That, the answer to that question is yes. But uh, we're not uh, ready nor in a position to say that, hey, if, if A happens, then B happens. That's still work being done right now. Uh, I will uh, encourage you, we have some very sharp business minds on our board of trustees. We have entrepreneurs, uh, business professionals, um, uh, people who understand the uh, financial models. And so they're, they're working with Gene uh, Potts and, and me on the different models, depending on you know, whether, we, uh, whether we're gonna be uh, in a virtual online or, or distance learning model for the long run. I, I, again, I really don't see that happening. I, I really see some hope now that, that things uh, will be back to normal. Of course, you know, that with the um, uh, caveat that, you know, at any time, the, the, um, the infections might spike and we might be in a different model. But uh, uh, all I can do, parents, because this is a very common question and, it, and it's, a, it's an understandable question, but we, we don't want to make a decision prematurely and then have to change that decision two or three times because the pandemic is uh, uh, requiring it. So, so please be patient with us as soon as those decisions are, are made and we have to, and we make firm decisions about the model of education we're gonna be in, then we'll be able to communicate that to our parents. Great, thank you, Mr. McGee. I wanna thank everyone in attendance. We, we had over uh, half of our families on the call today, so that, that's awesome. Uh, we are going to uh, go ahead and wrap up our Q&A and move to our closing remarks. I just wanna say that uh, to the families who asked, uh, questions that maybe didn't get addressed, although I think we touched on all of them. It, it sounds like you can expect some communication from our principals now that we know what the next six weeks hold. Um, but if you did not feel like you got your question answered, please reach out to uh, a principal or a teacher, or you can always email questions at legacyca.com and we will make sure that we get a response to you. So Mr. McGee, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Well, thanks, Adam. Um, you know, a lot of these, the questions that you're posting, they're, they're very relevant questions and they deserve an answer. But please keep in mind that the governor's executive order is only five hours old, okay? So we haven't had time to process it all. Um, we, we certainly, as I said at the beginning, um, you know, I received the information with mixed emotions because I, I, I really wanted to see your kids again before the end of the school year, but that's not gonna happen. So now we can go to what we've been planning all along and that is that we would be in a distance learning situation for the long run. So, but it took the governor's executive order to uh, give us closure on several things. For example, we'd, we weren't sure which direction we could go with graduation because you know, it very likely the governor could said, okay, school's back, back open on May the 4th. Well, that's not gonna happen, obviously. So that actually makes it easier for us now to move forward. So, uh, so again, um, 
great questions. Thank you for posting those. The, the reason we can't give you definitive answers is because we were waiting on our governing authorities to make some of these decisions so that we could plan accordingly. So I do want to share one thought with you in, in, that's related to that. I was on a, um, a Zoom conference this morning, two and a half hour conference with 25 heads of schools representing schools from uh, all the way from Texas to Virginia. They were uh, kind of a cross section of uh, some of the, uh, the strongest schools in our accrediting association, the Southern Association of Independent Schools. Here was a common theme. Everyone is getting frustrated with the uncertainty. There was a sense of that, that the stress level of their schools, and this is including teachers, administrators, parents, and even students, is beginning to peak because of the uncertainty. And, um, it, and that was universal. Everybody on that call said that's been the hardest thing to manage about this pandemic um, is uncertainty. It's hard to make decisions when you know you don't control the situation. So I, I would just ask uh, everyone, parents, teachers, students, just to exercise an extra measure of grace during this very challenging time. Um, we're making decisions on the run. Uh, we are having to pivot very quickly. Um, we are having to, to, uh, to change some assumptions that we made even a week ago. And so uh, I would ask for your, your uh, gracious understanding as we make those decisions. Um, I, I will say that um, uh, I do appreciate parents you using our chat feature on these town hall meetings and then the questions at legacyca.com uh, if you didn't get your uh, question answers and we will try our best. But please, again, if we don't have the solid answer for you, just know that we're working on it. And, um, and, and, and please lift a prayer up for our teachers tonight. Um, our teachers are working overhand. And I would also say our administrators. I know personally, our administrators are working till 11 to 12 o'clock at night because I'm checking their email uh, traffic. And, and of course, I'm guilty of the same thing. You know, we're all online, uh, sending resources, answering questions till the uh, wee hours of the morning sometimes. So please be patient uh, with us as we continue to work on behalf of your children. So with that, I'm gonna turn it over to, uh, back over to Karen Proctor, who is gonna dismiss us in prayer. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Um, now I get to speak my heart. Before I was a little businessy with the PTF initiatives, but Guys, let's just look to him. My verse this year for parent-teacher fellowship has been Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom. In the Old Testament verse, seek his face continually. That's where the peace is. So let me just encourage you there. Um, just drawing in, drawing near to God. We're, we're in this together. So I had to share um, the verse that I testified to after the shooting incident that Brian and I were in, Psalm 29, 11, that the Lord will give you strength and the Lord will bless you with peace. And that peace is so real. And it's, it was just so thick the night of the shooting. And many of you know the story. 
But those of you that don't, there's new relationships to be built and strengthened right now as we're walking through this together. There's new um, bonds. We're the body of Christ. There's new bonds to be made by just encouraging one another and, um, and, and send a scripture of encouragement to each other. So I just want to close with that thought um, and to pray over you. So let's pray in closing. Father God, you are King of Kings, Lord of Lords. You've created it all. And I love you and I thank you. I thank you for your promises that you are with us always. You say in Matthew 28, 20, I am with you always. And so I praise you and thank you for that promise. I thank you, God, that your word is true, that you will give your people strength, that you will bless your people with peace. And so I pray that now over every single one represented in our LCA community. God, that goes to our students and our families, to our seniors, to the parents, to the, the mama's hearts that I've heard today on the phone. Um, I just pray, God, your peace over the administrators and the, the um, facilities and, and the wee hours, uh, as we've heard, that us as parents and, and administrators, we're all putting in right now. So I, I ask for your strength. When we're weak, you are strong, so we can testify to that. I thank you for that promise, too. I pray hedge of protection over all those that are represented here in this call today, God. We thank you that you protect us, that you command your angels to go before us. And so I just pray that over each one listening, that your face shine upon them and that you are gracious to them. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And Shannon, I send it to you to close us out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Karen. Um, always so wonderful to hear from you and you pray so beautifully. So thank you for your heart. Um, and thank you to all of our speakers today. Also, thank you all for joining us. We appreciate the conversation and appreciate the chat. Again, if you did not get your questions answered, please use questions at LegacyCA.com uh, to get in touch with us. And please know that we love you. We're thinking about you and we're praying for you. And we hope you have a great weekend. We look forward to being with you soon.